Hey everyone, welcome to the Fight to Thrive podcast. I'm Dr. Tyler Simmett. I'm a physical therapist and the captain in the U.S. Army. So this podcast is meant to serve as kind of your one-stop shop for tools to improve the physical, psychological, nutritional, emotional, and spiritual aspects of your life as I'm going to speak with experts throughout all of these fields. Now the show is called Fight to Thrive because you know this knowledge is great, but if you don't have the discipline to keep fighting every day to become a better version of yourself through this information, this podcast simply isn't going to help you. So keep fighting and let's take better care of ourselves so we can ultimately take better care of others. I do have to mention that the views expressed in this podcast are that of myself and my guests and do not reflect the official policy or position of the Department of the Army, Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. All right, welcome everyone. So this week we're going to be talking running, and I definitely needed to bring in an expert for this one because it's not my niche for <laughs> sure, but brought in uh, Major Eliza Shamanic and she was my internship director at Madigan, so it's pretty fun to be able to stay connected here a couple years later. Uh, she's still acting as the in- internship director at Madigan, and she's a graduate of the West Point Army uh, Sports Medicine Fellowship in Physical Therapy, and she does a lot of running herself and has done running-related research that she's presented at CSM and she started an instructional running course here uh, on post for uh, injured soldiers related to running. Is that all kind of correct, ma'am? Yeah, that's okay. about summarizes it. <laughs> okay, cool. So, yeah, just to kind of s- to start off, there's no necessarily definitive research saying that there's like one right way to run, right? There's, there's a lot of different types of body types and, and humans, and, and there's going to be different ways to efficiently run for every person, right, that's optimal for them. However, if we look at injured soldiers or injured runners in general, there there does seem to be some guidance that we can give out and some practical steps to maybe decrease the, the ground reaction force that's coming back through some of those injured, injured tissues that, you know, can actually facilitate the healing process. Is that is that kind of correct? Yeah, you're spot on. I like to keep running retraining really simple because it can be overwhelming if you dig into like the literature or the research so I try to just focus on the simplicity of running I like to think of it like we often um, learn how to swim so like if you have have you did you ever take swim lessons I don't know (laughs) (laughs) just like throw you to the water most people take swim lessons just to like learn how to swim when we're like little kids at some point or like you were uh, like put into the water and just hope that you could swim. Um, but I think of running the same way, like we are never really, especially in the military, taught how to run. It's just assumed that we can run, but some people, that's not the case. Like some people they run and they have pain or they're not very efficient. And so I think that's where, especially in the military where we can play a big role, like facilitating that teaching of running like how do we run with less pain how do we run more efficiently and normally people fall at least the people that come to see us fall into one of those two categories Mm. like they can't pass their PT test or they're having a lot of pain with running so I kind of try to help that group of people return back to running awesome yeah and I've been able to go out to 
the class a little bit and pretty much everything I've learned about running I've learned from you and <laughs> we've talked about that a little bit so yeah definitely happy that you can make it out today but so one of the things that I know that you did some research in uh, specifically at West Point was with uh, step count like cadence amount of you know for the listener the amount of steps that you're taking per minute as you're running um, and just curious if you can kind of elaborate on on that study a little bit and, and any conclusions that you you came across with that yeah of course so at West Point we were um, looking at does step rate influence injury so step rates is how, how many steps you take per minute so oftentimes people are prescribed 180 steps per minute and so looking at is that the golden number if people run with faster step rate do they have the likelihood to have less injury so we took 400 cadets, so about that, um, and followed them over the course of one year and counted their step rate to see if they were more likely to have an injury if they were under a certain number or if like a certain cutoff was like the key number for injury. And we didn't find anything. There wasn't a difference. So those that had high step rate, there was no difference in their injury rate compared to those with low step rate. That's interesting. I, I I respect that you guys, I don't know, I feel like some studies that don't find anything, they kind of force their way into some results. So <laughs> that's awesome that you just kind of presented it as is and didn't try to tweak anything. Yeah, it's good information. Yeah. You know, I think now with more technology, better ability to count steps, I think that, you know, it'd be interesting to do the same study and see if the results were the same in a different population, maybe in a active duty population versus a cadet population. I think it'd be really interesting to see if those results were the same. Yeah, for sure. So I was going through FM 7-22 and they emphasized the pose method of running. If you're not familiar with that, uh, it's kind of hard to explain over audio, but essentially, you know, you're, you're, correct me if I'm wrong, man, but you're starting in like that pose with like the one arm up and the, the other leg up, and then you start like a forward lean, and then you are practicing with that impact directly underneath your center of gravity, so not like out in front of you, and then you're implementing a pull where you're using more hamstring dominant and then that creates more of a cyclical motion instead of like this reaching motion forward and so your center your foot comes directly underneath your center of gravity or that's the intent and and so in that case you know versus like a heel strike pattern where your you know your foot is out in front of your center of gravity now that's a single point of impact where that ground reaction force is pretty high coming back through the foot and ankle knee hip uh, versus if it's directly underneath you, now you get that more greater surface area of your whole foot, and also uh, the whole body is absorbing that ground reaction force versus just those kind of points. Is that kind of a fair summation of the pose method? Yes, yeah, pose is just kind of that package of how do we teach pose or how do we teach running. So they try to keep it again simplistic, like the pose of coming up into that figure four position. So bringing your foot up into mid-calf and pulling from the ground. So you summarized it good. Um, I think it's awesome. I think as far as, you know, is pose the one way for everybody? Probably not the case if that were the case 
we probably would have already been doing that already and there's no real research to support that but I think that it's awesome that we're talking about running form in the new FM so I think that's a great start there's a lot of elements to pose that a lot of soldiers can benefit from so it highlights increasing your step rate so if you have a really low step rate or you stretch out a lot when you run um, which is what we commonly see you know I think most people are always um, if they're struggling with their run they're told to stride out stride out so pose really reinforces of short quick steps underneath of your body so I think most people can benefit from that which is awesome a lot of running coaches talk about the uh, the forward lean so that's kind of like the gas pedal of running so really using that to drive your momentum forward so if you're looking for efficiency that forward lean is great so just kind of working on leaning forward can be really really helpful especially for some of our soldiers that are having a really hard time passing their two mile run if they can work on that forward lean they can really use energy or momentum to their advantage and get going faster which is good i always say who wants to work harder when they're running if they could work easier that's always nicer so that's a good technique to use so i really like that and the the pose kind of um, explanation of running I think those are great kind of things that to focus on are there any other like like camps uh, just because I'm not that familiar with it honestly like camps of running form that are also popular similar to like that pose method yeah there's mm-hmm. pose so pose um, is you know kind of highlights all what you described mm-hmm. there's chi running that's also very similar so just talking about more relaxed um, running posture Um, But they're all very similar. They all highlight a lot of the same things. So you want to have nice, tall, upright posture when you're running. So oftentimes people, when they're running, or maybe they're running with pain, they might have, you know, this kind of forward posture versus, um, or leaning back. So I'll never forget, I had this um, person I was working with a running form really really wanted to get back into running but every time they ran they had low back pain and so you know they had gone through a, a couple of things and I was like how about we look at your running form and he was when he ran he was almost running like leaning back and he was like every time I run my back hurts I'm like well you're leaning back you know let's work on leaning forward and within like a couple weeks he was back to running without pain and doing his job so I think that posture piece of either pose or chi or whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. you can that can be a big piece of what's going on with running form too so yeah that's actually literally perfect timing because I just saw my schedule Tomorrow I have a patient that's coming in for back pain with running, so maybe maybe it'll be a similar presentation. Yeah, that's great. Um, Yeah, I remember when I during my internship year, when we had some of these discussions, and we looked at my running form, and I was kind of I wasn't necessarily leaning back, but I was more just straight upright. And you talked about maybe changing, you know, your point of impact and also the forward lean. I at first it was really awkward, and so like if you're trying to start to implement some of these changes it can feel really weird and it probably should at first um, right. as you're as you're trying to incorporate these things but long term if you stick with it like with myself I wasn't having any pain with my running but I wasn't at like the time that I wanted to be and as I started incorporating these changes 
it was tough and I felt it a lot in my hamstrings, honestly. Like, that's where <laughs> we was really feeling it the most, but my performance improved. It like stuck with Good. it over time. So Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so can you talk a little bit uh, more specifically about the class and kind of who you deem as eligible and some different things you try to incorporate within that class? Yeah, that's great. We um, currently it's open to physical therapy patients who are ready to return to running, recovering from surgery, or maybe they're just having pain with running. So they're referred from a PT into our class. Um, and it's great. So we go over um, why we work on running form, kind of the technique of running. Again, most of them come to us because they're in pain with running. They can't pass their APFT or ACFT now. Um, and so they come to see us, which is, you know, why we're, why we're there. So it's good. And we work on, we just kind of highlight those things um, that we can work on with running form. So we talk about posture. Again, we want to be nice, tall, and upright, but we want to work on that forward lean. So really working on that gas pedal of running or that control fall when you're running. Um, so we work on that. So we work on a lot of drills that kind of emphasize getting comfortable. Because like you said, a lot of people have been running the same way for a long time. So normally by the time they see us, they've been running that way for at least one to two years, maybe 30 years. So it can feel really different to change. Um, so, and that's okay. That's why they, you know, they're there. So, um, posture, we work on the forward lean or we work on the pull that you're talking about. So really getting underneath your body and pulling, using your hamstrings more. So you'll feel that kind um, of heel to butt. Yeah. You mm -hmm. want to think, yeah. So as you're pulling, I like to, um, think about it like you're riding a bike. So we don't ride a bike with big, long strides. That's not how a bike pedal is set up. So I like to think about running, like biking, so you want to keep your feet directly underneath of you. And when you ride a bike, if you're clipped in, you pull up on the pedal. So the same thing with running, you want to think that you're pulling on the ground to generate that momentum forward. Um, so that's one helpful cue. Another cue to really get that pull is to think that you're scraping gum off the bottom of your foot. So scraping gum and then pulling, scraping gum, pulling. So you can't you can't do that if you're really far out in front of you. You can't scrape gum very well. So those are just good cues to kind of think about. When I'm running, I think about riding a bike, you know. Okay, you know, don't stretch out so far. That You know, that doesn't feel as good. Um, and so that's just been a really helpful cue to me as I kind of worked on my running form. Um, we focus on soft landing. So a lot of people when they run and, you know, at, at one point in time, I used to be this person, <laughs> would hit the ground really, really hard. So maybe you're running on a treadmill and you're like, you're, you can hear yourself really loud hitting, um, hitting the ground. So you, you want to think about soft landing. So the way that your body impacts the ground is super important to just, in, um, minimize those injuries or the stress to the tissue as like your foot hits the ground. Have you talked to Major Holly about that one? I feel like I could hear him from like a mile away. I could still hear him from out again. Right. All of you here. Um yeah, so I remember like some specific drills with like the, the gum pulling cue that we would do in clinic and that I've still done with some patients and basically it's pretty simple. You're just kind of you know, you're posted up against something where you can uh, use your hand for for balance, 
and then you are basically just practicing that cyclical motion with the gum pull and so it's like you're combining like that that thought of the bike and then landing directly underneath you and then pulling gum off the ground and now you're you're doing all these things just standing there with one leg but now you're starting to feel it before you try to just go straight into the the treadmill or, or whatever yeah. running analysis you're doing yep it's a great kind of tool like feedback to kind of think about how your foot's contacting the ground and then we really work on step rate. So we count their step rate. We video everybody who comes at least once a week and just give them individual feedback on how they're running form and things to work on because everybody's different. You know, some people might be, they really need to work on um, increasing their step rate where some people, maybe they need to work on the strength. They're not rotating so much. And so we kind of work on that all together. Um, but oftentimes we see people really striding out. So maybe they start at a step rate, so the, how many steps they're taking per minute at like 140 and they're having shin pain. <laughs> so that makes sense because they're probably really reaching out towards the ground. So if we can take someone who's at 140 and increase their step rate to 160, 170, closer to that 180, it can just help them decrease how far they're striding out and really bring their foot underneath of them. So I think that's helpful. So like just kind of seeing how their step rate can change over time, which is, is great. It's a great tool. Yeah. And so how can people determine that themselves without like somebody watching them or maybe they're videoing themselves and like looking through a 10 second increment of you know, how many steps am I taking during this time? And then multiplying that by like six, is that would that be something you'd recommend, or how would you? Yeah, definitely. So it? if they um, do, uh, if they count their, let's say somebody videoed them, or they count in their head, they could even do it that way. So count each step in a ten-second period, and then multiply that by six. So that would give you your step rate over the one-minute period. So sometimes people fall into like 140. So if you're at 140, you could work on increasing your step rate. If you went from 140 to 180, you're gonna be like, this is crazy, <laughs> I cannot do this. <laughs> so you wanna think about increasing about 10, uh, 10% um, each week, or you could do every two weeks. That's kind of a good gauge. So if you're at 140, you could increase to like 150, 155 and work on increasing it from there. Um, I normally recommend you can download a free metronome and put that on the treadmill or work on a track workout or have it next to you so you can listen to it. You can also download music from Spotify or iTunes and work in a certain step rate. So if you're working at 165, you could put in 165 steps per minute music and it would give you like a whole playlist. So that's really helpful too. I definitely prefer the music option. It's like yes. this beep, 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 yeah. like that gets old pretty, <laughs> pretty quick if you're just listening to that metronome. But that can be really, I feel like a lot more helpful when you're just getting started on it. Totally. Than like trying to, to get the rhythm with the music right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. So I guess basically to kind of summarize some of that with the step rate specifically, if you are having issues and you find that your step rate is lower in the 140, 150 range, you're recommending that we get up above 160 with op optimal potentially being as high as 180 or, or more. Yeah, 
Okay. I would totally recommend that. I think if you count, you're separating, you're like, I'm at 140, gradual progression is probably the most important so that you're not um, feeling overwhelmed or t- overtaxed because it is more metabolically demanding. You're going to be out of breath because you're turning over more steps per minute. So you don't want it to feel impossible and just give up. So like slow and steady um, is what I recommend. So just that slow, steady increase will be helpful. Yeah, and I think some of this stuff might be kind of hard to visualize for listeners, right? So do you have any like like resources, videos that you've put together that others have put together that you'd recommend? I'm sure there's a ton on YouTube with, you know, with this stuff. Yeah, you know, that's great question for our patients. We can send them videos that I created on our physical therapy, um, share our uh, med bridge on our exercise. Um, But there's lots of information out there. The new FM is a great place to start. You know, the the pose introduction has a lot of great pieces in it and just kind of get that thought process of working on this skill of running, I think is helpful. Um, so that those are great resources to go to. Awesome. So you, you mentioned like the 10% incremental increase for the step rate. Is that like the same type of rule that you, you would apply to someone in your class that's, that's trying to increase their distance, like get back to their goal running distance is kind of going up like 10% a week or what would you recommend? Yeah, that's a great, um, just kind of a great rule of thumb is just slow and steady increase. So I know a lot of, especially when um, units weren't running or weren't doing unit PT, they, they a lot of soldiers are having a hard time getting back into running after such a long time, uh, such a break. And so even that, like just kind of getting back into running from something like that, like a prolonged period of rest, that 10% increase can help to reduce your potential for injury, which is important too. Yeah, definitely. And, and also not trying to alter too many variables at once, right? Like, so yes. we're not going 10% increase, but now we're also going all the way uphill the whole time or, or we're yes. increasing our, our uh, not our cadence, but our pace, you know, also along with that distance. And that's when we can aggravate these overuse type injuries and kind of got to be careful with that. So yeah, Sloan study uh, literally wins the race. So <laughs> uh, have you guys been able to track outcomes with this uh, run class? And can you, t- can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so we haven't um, done any long-term outcomes as far as, you know, months down the road, how's that um, patient or soldier doing? But just like within the class, we've tracked um, how their improvement is over time as far as their pain levels. So are they having more pain, less pain? And so overall, um, pretty doing pretty well as far as pain. People are able to change their running form without increasing their pain. And most often they're able to decrease their pain, which is great. Um, and then just looking at their ability to increase their step rate. So we have measured that. So we give them their initial step rate and then over the course of time and seeing if they can increase that within a couple weeks. So they are able to do that, which is great too. So those are the two big things that we've tracked and just overall patient satisfaction with the class is above 95%. So 
people get benefit to learning the skill of running, which is also really helpful. Awesome, yeah. So maybe even though there's not always a ton of literature to support something, that doesn't mean that there's not value there. But with but there is literature to support, like for instance with knee pain, right? Like if you are having a heel contact uh, with your running form and you have knee pain, uh, it's it's or you're more likely to have knee pain. Can you kind of I'm like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, yeah, there's actually a lot of research to support running retraining. Um, Just maybe not necessarily like one style of running, but for different things, there are there's definitely a lot of research to support running retraining. So, for example, the study that you're (laughs) recalling (laughs) was talking about anterior knee pain, which we see a lot in the military population. Um, and seeing if you change their uh, strike from a heel strike to a forefoot strike, if that changes their pain. And in that study, there was a change. So looking at if someone's a heel striker, so they're landing on their heel first and transitioning them to a forefoot strike, doing that transition and training them to do that was helpful in reducing their knee pain. Got it. Thank you for fixing yeah. that for me. <laughs> so, no problem. Yeah, I guess the, the one thing I would caution people you know, out there is be like, okay, if you try some of these things and it doesn't work, don't just kind of give up on your running. I think that going in and seeing a skilled clini- clinician, because running is a very complicated uh, you know, process, and, and there could be a lot of different things that are going wrong. There, there could be limited range of motion or, you know, asymmetries in strength in uh, like hip motion and things like that that we can detect that and work on that might be playing into why you're having issues with it. And so, you know, if, if these steps don't, you don't see improvement with them, I uh, definitely would recommend seeking care for that or even seeking care initially, you know, if you're able to. So I know that you've done a lot of, you've done like ultra marathons or what, what have you been getting into? <laughs> I've just, I did one 50K, 50K. Um, before, so that was in December of 2019, so right before kind of COVID shut down all of the races, mm-hmm. um, but it was a lot of fun, so yeah. one day um, my a friend that I've been running with, she was like, let's do, let's do a 50K. I was like, all right, let's do it. So um, it was really hard. It was the deception pass 50K. So a lot of elevation, um, a really tough race, but it was super fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I r- literally ran from sun up to sundown. There are different um, definitions of fun. I yeah, think. <laughs> right. But it sounds cool. It sounds cool. <laughs> So, yeah, so I guess with, like, that type of high-volume running, have you, if you don't mind sharing, have you had any, like, injuries yourself that you've had to deal with? And and if you don't mind sharing, like, how you've been able to work through some of those? Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. Um, so it's so funny. Before I was even a PT, I, I like to run, um, and I would always have knee pain. I used to love to wear Nike shocks. Did you ever see mm-hmm. those shoes? <laughs> So I'd run in those. This were, I thought those shoes were awesome, so I'd run in them. And I'm sure that, like, didn't help my knee pain. Um, but I think that working on my running form has really helped me to be able to train smarter. So I used to be 
one of those people who would think stride out when I was running. So I'd really work hard to have a long stride because I thought that that made me faster. <laughs> um, but through like several years of school and research and practice, um, that probably wasn't the best thing to be doing. So I think that just working on my, my own run form has been helpful in allowing me to train harder and run more and not be as injured. Um, I also think, you know, a lot of times people think to get better running, you have to run more. That's not always the case. It's making sure that you have a solid running program. So are you working on distance? Are you working on your intervals? Are you training speed? And kind of mixing it up, I think, is important too. But also kind of tying into what you said earlier, the strength and mobility for runners is as equally important. So running's always, you're always on one leg or the other, so you have to have good balance. You have to have a strong core so that your body can support that movement. And you have to have mobility to be able to do that too. So um, I think all of that kind of ties together. So not just running more, but having a really solid program if running is your end goal. Yeah, I'd say that's probably the most common cause of hip pain for hip and knee pain, for especially for some of the older soldiers that I treat that have been running for a long time and that's been kind of their main form of training and have been kind of ignoring the strength side. And because you, you throw off the you know, your the dynamics of your hip and your pelvis while you're running and, and that causes you know, you know, micro traumas over long periods of time add up to then you know a, a, an injury that can be tough to come back from so if you're more proactive again the whole idea of this h2f is to be more preventative and and look at fitness on a well-rounded uh scale and, and incorporating strength with with cardio days you know with mobility days and, and i think not only is strength going to help you with your running but now like your cardio is going to help you with your with your strength when especially when you're getting like circuit training and things like that that we need to do for like a sprint drag carry and, and all that so it all kind of plays off of each other and so i'm glad that you mentioned that you know we need to keep keep this in mind brought h2f back into it a little yes bit. yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome. i totally agree yeah well uh i guess you know before we wrap up i'll, I'll just ask you is there any other you know, running related uh, advice that you have, any any specific tools that you've used or that you recommend others use, um, you know, related to running? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to have a goal. Like, what's your, what's your running goal? Do you want to run a 50K? You know, my next goal is to run a 50 miler. So I think just setting those goals and kind of figuring out the best way to get there smartly. Um, there's lots of free programs out there for running programming, if that's what you're looking for. Currently, I'm using just Garmin Connect, so they have programs um, that are free that you can go in, um, program in the date of your race, and it plans out the whole program for you. Um, that's one way, and so that's easy. As far as, you know, is it speed that you're working on or is it distance, just having a plan and just kind of think it through. If you're having pain with running, I recommend seeing, you know, finding a PT, seeing someone. Um, it's not something that you just kind of have to work through. It could be something that, you know, a PT could look at or, you know, work on running form. 
Um, a lot of us just don't innately pick that up. And so like learning the technique of running can be really helpful. Um, so you can train harder um, and smarter and run faster. So I think that's just important that you don't necessarily just have to kind of gut through it. Yeah, because even like I could go watch 10 videos on it and think I'm an expert and be running and feel different but <laughs> unless I have a trained set of eyes on me actually watching that it's hard to know if you're actually correcting the problem yeah. or not yeah for or sure any serious changes awesome well thank you so much for coming out ma'am it, uh, it was great to see you and uh, I'm sure I hope we'll have you on again yeah of course <laughs> all right thanks all right, everyone, just have one more quick ask before you go. Uh, if you got something out of or you just enjoyed this week's episode, it'd really mean a lot if you could take the time to either subscribe, review, or share this podcast with your family, friends, fellow servicemen and women, uh, whoever you think you know might be able to benefit from it. Uh, my goal is it really is to reach as many people as possible and, and to hopefully help them find better health and wellness. So if you could uh, you can take the time to do this, it would really mean a lot. Uh, thanks, everyone. I hope you have a great rest of your day.